Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Episode 51 of Just Think the Podcast. We did it, girls. We have not quit. We have not. No, and we are not quitting. I feel like we're still just getting started. (laughs) Sometimes I wish everybody would just get their acts together and get their you know what together so we could have a minute and we didn't have to. We didn't have to come here every week and help our listeners know what we're looking into, what we're doing little deep dives on. Listen, y'all, there ain't enough time to deep dive on the ish that is happening right now. (laughs) It's absolute insanity. By the way, this is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And (laughs) we just are so glad. First of all, can we just take a minute to commemorate? I mean, we have now crossed over the half century mark in numbers of episodes. And when we started this, y'all, we just thought maybe, you know, our friends would listen in like <laughs> 50 people tuned in. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. To know that we have had tens of thousands. I don't know. I need to find out how many now downloads for our episodes there are. But I mean, it's it's big. It's a big, it's a good number. And we, we're not focused on that because we didn't do this for any other reason than to start the conversation. That if, it, if we could help people know what's really going on, know what's really true and help them sort of decipher between, you know, BS and the truth. And if we also championed our freedom of speech rights and we had these conversations, perhaps it would free up other people to know, talk about it. Yes. And empower you with knowledge and confidence to talk about it and to not feel alone. Like truly the only reason we want to do this is to get the word out and, and share it even more because this is honestly the only platform we can do it without getting centered. <laughs> so far. I am just, I'm so proud of us. I, I still remember our very first, the very first day sitting uh, in your you? office, Holly, and our sound quality was terrible. <laughs> There's mics. Oh. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no clue. And we were trying to figure it out. And we were, and I mean, I also remember just being like, I mean, there was this thing in my head, like, don't say Trump, don't say Trump, don't say Trump, Remember, you know, because I didn't want to start something don't that worry. was divisive, yeah. right? Like, I, I, right. like our point was to, to make the point that the three of us, while we came from different political ideologies, were raised differently, like, we were agreeing on the stuff that mattered the most. And, and that was kind of the point. That was the genesis of all of it. And so I didn't want to say something that automatically, like, provoked, you know, a feeling in somebody that was... Oh, want everybody to hear this. We don't want it to be like divided. That's right. <laughs> like everything. It is for everybody. And if you're and if you're tuning in, this is your first time, or you haven't really gotten to know us yet, um, feel free to tune in to your local radio and TV stations for the mainstream narrative. We will not be covering that for you. Okay. Right. So anybody who says they don't cover that, no, listen, honey, you can go find that anywhere else. 
We yeah. don't have enough time in our day to be CNN for you, okay? We don't have enough time in our day to be MSNBC for you. <laughs> ABC, CBS, we don't have enough time. What we're trying to do is tell you what they're not telling you. Mm -hmm. We're trying to point you to things that perhaps they've said that we can prove isn't true. Because if you in 2022 still believe your mainstream news sources, it is time to wake up, honey. It's mm -hmm. time to wake up. Hunting. Yes. Hunting. We are sounding the alarm. We, have, we are past. So a uh, tragedy struck this week. And, um, and, and we want to, we, we feel like we need to address it. Um, and sadly, of course, when anything happens, it's, it's quickly politicized, usually by one or both parties. And uh, what, what, you know, what is the quote? Never let a good crisis go to waste. That's the Democratic slogan, I believe, at one point. I'm not joking. I mean, I'm, I, we can do the research on the history of that. But they, the, you know, this idea that politicians in general, I think, look for current events to monopolize, capitalize on, um, and run with a run with a narrative that you know keeps them in power, and there's an agenda for them. Yeah. That's right. And what we realize, you guys, anytime what's going on in the news is being politicized, you better believe that is about power and money and keeping power and money. It's not about the lives that are adversely affected by whatever's going on. That is not the number one priority. I no longer believe that that's the number one priority. I think the number one priority is, is power and is trying to either get it or keep it mm -hmm. on both sides. So, um, but in Texas, I don't even know what the latest is as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday. This will come out on Friday. I think it's like 19... Was it 19, 19 students and two moms? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry, two teachers or was it 17? Teacher was, was involved. So I don't yeah. know the exact. Um, I want to say it's two teachers yeah. and, and 17 kids or either it was 19. Anyway, it was obviously if it was one, that's way too many. Mm -hmm. And as moms, these kinds of events, when we hear them, I mean, they take us to our knees, literally. literally. I know I preach about um, don't stand in cognitive dissonance. We talk about cognitive dissonance. Um, this is one thing where I actually have to choose cognitive dissonance for my own mental well-being. And I know that some of y'all probably out there feel the same as me is that when Sandy Hook happened, you know, that, that, that did me in. And, and this, I can't, I'm purposely avoiding reading um, the headlines, reading the details, looking at the children's faces. I just, for me, that's just how I have to protect my heart. So I don't really know much about this story, but I, I do know a little more or have some opinions on the politicization of it when I think that's the thing is that it, it's not that Amy's like dismissing that it even happens right. it's just that it is it's sad and scary but the but the reality is it's it's the person that uses whatever it is as the as the weapon okay just like in was it Waukesha Waukesha, Waukesha someone used a vehicle as a weapon or right. when I was flying into London, England several years ago, someone, you know, where they have very strict gun laws, uh, these men were attacking people on a bridge with knives. And, 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 and it was, I thought yeah, was bombs. that was, yeah. And then in, in Paris, what was it? It was, uh, was it, what was it, the guy was going on a stabbing spree. I mean, again, it's violence. And I think for us as moms, especially anytime there's um, episodes of violence against Kids, families, teachers, like it is, 
it's way too close to home. And as Amy said, it's very hard to even digest. I think the, the one thing we all agree on is we can be fervently praying for these families, friends, loved ones. Um, and for anyone who says, don't talk to me about prayer, talk to me about action, you don't understand prayer then, because prayer is the one of the strongest actions you can take. It is a spiritual movement that does make a difference. Uh, and, and anyone from any of the religions, if they really know prayer, would be united in that, in that assessment. Well, also, speaking of un united, why would this not unite us? Why would this not unite us? Because I would really hope and pray, truly, that every single person feels for these families. Well, I think every feels single person for these, does, and then they just immediately go off into their camp. It's like guns should be eradicated from this country versus, you know, yeah. we need to keep our second amendment. And it's like, immediately you might, you're thinking about the families for 0.1 second, and then you're diving off into your, you know, your political ideology or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. I, to me, I, this is what makes sense to me. I, some Ross DeVos, one of the guys we follow um, posted this today, but I'm like, you know, we defend our president with guns. We defend our congressmen with guns. We defend our governors with guns, celebrities with guns, sporting events with guns, jewelry stores with guns, banks with guns, office buildings with guns, factories with guns, courts with guns. We defend our children with a sign on the building of the school that says, this is a gun-free zone. And, and then- And then we call someone with a gun when there is emergency. Mm -hmm. I feel like parents should be demanding armed, armed guards of whether yes. it be volunteers, whether it be- you know, of course, vetted, but like National Guard, sheriffs, whatever, at the front doors of these schools. And I'm sure there are dads out there that would volunteer to do mm -hmm. this. But yet we're spending $40 billion to send weapons and guns to Ukraine when we could take just a piece of that $40 billion to protect our children here. Well, remember what happened in Ukraine, right? Didn't they have strict, strict gun laws? When they got invaded by Russia, what did they tell the people to go do? Get guns. Get guns. Find get guns. guns. I mean, this is again when we become so emotional in our in our arguments that we neglect the root of the issues and we 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 neglect the consequences of decisions. Yes, does it sound amazing to rid America of guns so there's no more gun violence? Yes, if only that were possible. But what happens, all of you who were chanting, if you get rid of abortion, then people are just gonna have illegal abortions. Exactly. Right. You're going to find a way. This goes back to good versus evil. It's the yes. person. It's the person. Yes. Okay. Yes. You have to realize that there are safe ways to do this and non-safe ways to do this. And you, I, I mean, that's just it. That's it. Period. And, and I think he you don't even need to take this to more political. And our just, schools are just sitting ducks. Right. With these gun-free zone signs, you know, right. Meanwhile, we're armed guards for every other adult, you know, elite person in this country. Mm. It's just, hey, yeah. Holly, we play um, Christian. We've got two video clips. Yeah. Two very I, yeah. ones. <laughs> I'm going to play that. Um, but I want to I want to point to something before we get to Christian, because he's always, you know, entertaining, flamboyant in his presentation. Um, I do want to say that again, we're not, we're not, we actually don't want to argue any of this right now because we think that the truth is that something horribly tragic has happened and these families and loved ones 
um, don't deserve to be caught in political crosshairs right now. This yeah. is, you know, and, but I do, we do want to say that where, whichever way you want to argue this, you do have to think past just the immediate headlines of school shootings. And it's like Amy said, if we were really concerned about school shootings, we would take, instead of investing in the mating habits of quails, we would, <laughs> and, and sending money to you, sending guns to Ukraine, we would invest in that kind of security at schools. It is possible. Don't tell me it's not. You 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 manifest were, money out of your butt when you want something. Go were make they, Were they trying to get the FBI involved for parents yes. who cared about their kids and are concerned yeah. about their kids? If they can do that within a couple yeah. of days, surely yeah. they can protect our kids. If they really actually have, speak louder than words. We have yeah. the money, like you said, for if well, we're sending money on a, the quail habits, cocaine, <laughs> doing cocaine. I mean. Yep. Oh, and, and when I was in high school, um, uh, I watched two girls, one stab each other with like a kitchen knife. Like, so again, wasn't even a real knife. They got in a fight, one stab each other with, I think, a knife from the lunchroom. I'm not kidding. Like, again, violence is violence. The first murder in history was Cain and Abel. One killed his brother with a rock in the head. Okay. Violence is the problem. The hearts of man is the problem. And mental health is the problem. Well, and, and we cannot dance around and avoid those subjects if we really want to address the issues. Uh, but Dr. Naomi, uh, what's Naomi's last name? Naomi Wolf. Naomi Wolf. She worked at the clinic. I don't think she's a doctor, right? I think it's just. Oh, she is. She's like a, she's like a PhD doctor. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, she worked with the Clintons and she, um, a very well-known Democrat, who's come out in recent years against mandates. And, you know, this was, I believe, recorded before what happened in Texas. And it just struck me listening to it today, because when I heard about, when I hear people arguing for guns to be taken away, I think of the other countries who were held hostage over COVID, like whose citizens were attacked over COVID. And it's still were, happening in Shanghai and China. These, these right. people, go, go see what's happening there. Because whether we like it or not, uh, personal gun ownership is part of what can hold a tyrannical government in check. Take a listen. On us, and we, we have to face the fact. So what can be done? Um, well, first of all, I cannot believe I'm saying this, a lifelong former Democrat and child of hippies, but thank God for the Second Amendment, because one reason that the United States is not in, it, you know, entirely enslaved like Australia or Shanghai or Canada in many ways, um, we're re relatively freer compared to those countries, is that we have, you know, uh, millions of, uh, of owners of guns, and I'm a peaceful person. This should not be taken out of context, um, but it is harder to subjugate an armed population. Uh, and this is why our founders gave, gave us the Second Amendment they, for exactly times like these. Um, they knew that it was harder to subjugate a, an armed population. Um, but Okay, so when you come to the table for these discussions about the Second Amendment, please look at the full scope of the conversation and not just the tragedies that tug on our heartstrings and our emotions and make us want to get rid of every gun, you know, in the world. It, it's, you know, again, it's just we, what we're advocating for is sensible conversation, you know, that's based in reality. So, 
Um, okay, but but Kristen, you said, of course, Kristen sent this to us. She's like, you know, leave it to Kristen, I mean, Christian Walker uh, to, uh, I don't know. But I, I love it. I love it. It's so true. Yep, it is. And, and I'm and actually, his delivery. His delivery, that's what I'm saying. His <laughs> delivery is going to be a little different than, you know, everybody else. <laughs> um, Kristen, did you send it to me separately? Because I think I just lost it. It's the link in the, um, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's in your um, text yep. for me too. And it's a link to Instagram. It's just the Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember where it was. All right, I got you. I got you. All right, come on, do it. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It don't have no. Well, I, don't, I can play it. Play it, Kristen. Sorry, yeah. I can't get it to come up on Instagram. Um, because I'm on Chrome is what it is. It doesn't have me memorized. Sorry. All right, hang on. Have lost their lives. Hang on. All right, ready. Fourteen kids and one teacher have lost their lives in an attack on a school in Texas. Even more are injured. Can we take one day to mourn and pray for these families? Because I already see one side of the political aisle posting infographics and anti-Second Amendment posts. How dare you? We should be coming together as a country right now and supporting this small town and these families who lost their children and their family members in this horrific attack. There is no room for division right now. Do not make this political. Do not seek to divide, divide us right now any more than we already are. Pray for these families, support these families, and come together. Amen. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, you can't say it any better than that. Yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> people didn't even take time to even say a prayer. No. You know? Well, you just, know, now, now they, they want to demonize people who say they're praying about something, right? I've seen so many people from the left just. Okay, like praying it. can be get, sending good vibes. Praying can be just having a good thought for that family or just I, sending them comfort and peace. It does not have to be a religious necessarily necessary thing. Okay. No, just but if you do know somebody, I mean, I know people who don't even believe in anything. And when shit gets real, they call on the people pray. who pray. Right? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. They call. Let's them be pray. real. Let's be real. You know who you are. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So it's fine. You don't have to believe in it, but don't poo-poo people who do, because those of us who do have seen the prayer works. And like, right. like you said, Kristen, even if it's positivity and thoughts, those things are better than negative ones. Yeah. Heaven's yeah. And also I, I see people posting things like we care more about guns than our children in this country. Okay. <laughs> but these are also the same people who are fine with, you know, aborting a baby a week after it's been delivered yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. or, you know, yep. non, you know, full term, whatever it's the mom's choice but they i just just make it make sense like yeah. just you know yeah it doesn't and it won't well <laughs> i mean moving on from this on. we could go here all day long um but and again prayers truly y'all let's cover these people in prayers if you're a praying person go pray for these families yes. um and uh but 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 let's talk about just life in america right now um uh, you know what I tell my children when they're having a bad day is, well, okay, after we've gone through all the negative, all right, what was good? What do we have to be grateful for? Mm -hmm. um, my, my list is getting smaller of things that are going well at this point. <laughs> um, it is, it's like, 
It is almost like they're intentionally destroying America. It's crazy. Well, I went to Harris Teeter yesterday. I, I think I texted y'all. I was like, yep. it was the first time, you know, that I feel like the shortages and the increased prices, you know, that it's like finally trickling here and like hitting us. And I'm, I'm seeing like the prices on produce and meat Ooh. and how many, like there's hardly any left and all this. I'm like, oh my God, like this $6 is- for 10 organic blueberries. Yeah, I mean- I'm like giving my kids here, you get three, you get three and you get three. And that's it. And they're gone. And then they're gone. So well, it is out of control. I can't, I, I don't know how, and, and this is again, when I look at policy and economic policy, anything that you do that messes with supply and demand, first of all. Okay. So for example, with gas, cut off the American oil reserve supply and you're going to have a problem with mm -hmm. demand and it's going to drop when supply gets low prices rise that is economics 101 family okay that's what happens and when supply gas is this high it's up. going to cost a lot more too <laughs> for truckers to get us what we need so then gas is the common ingredient in literally everything we buy and do because it takes gas to usually make it and transport it okay mm -hmm. deliver it I mean, look at your shipping costs are going to go up because do you think FedEx and the USPS and, and UPS can, can keep going? No, you, their, their, their cost of shipping is doubled, tripled. Amazon's and, not going to be two-day prime anymore. Oh, well, see, I don't know if they get into two-day anymore either. I'm like, hey, four days later, here it prime. You know, so I think it is messing with our entire uh, structure, infrastructure in the country and, and certainly the cost of living. And Please do not in November when you are running for office, tell me you care about the marginalized and the poor if you voted with Biden for anything because <laughs> his policies are killing poor people. It sure is. I don't is. know how poor people are doing it. No. How do they do this, y'all? How do they do if us, if, if middle America can't, like it's starting to go, how are we going to feed our kids blueberries to Kristen's point? Like, right. how are they going to do it? How I much mean, this is going to be a problem? Right, right. Hey, you need to play that Josh Howley. Um, speaking of gas and fuel, we've got two good videos here. Yes. I want y'all to hear this and what they say. Here it comes. This is with Josh Howley and the energy, the head of the energy department my time, madam secretary so why don't you answer my question from august the price of gasoline was up over 30 percent in my state alone it has been a continuous a continuous upward tick since then and here's what your president did when he first came to office he immediately re-entered the paris climate accord he canceled the keystone pipeline he halted leasing programs in anwar he issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25% of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all just in the first 
few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I mean, on our energy supply? 94% of the oil and gas executives that were surveyed by the Dallas Fed said that administration policies had nothing to do with the increase in the price of oil. I'm not interested in opinions of, of these people. I'm interested Those in the, the facts. Are, are you telling me no that these policies had no effect? Is I'm that your you testimony, no that these policies had no effect? You, are you telling me, Madam Secretary, are you telling me under oath that these policies had no effect. I'm telling you that 94% of the oil and gas industry- I'm not interested in their opinion. I'm interested in no the facts. Effect. So no, they did not ask That is Vladimir a remarkable Putin. statement. She was about to say, ask Vladimir Putin. <laughs> she was. <laughs> I mean, Jennifer Granholm, Michigan, says now what she's the secretary of- uh, is her title y'all what's her official title do you remember i don't i think she's like the head of some kind of energy like that's why he was talking to her about she, yeah no it's a, yeah energy secretary jennifer granholm out of michigan and uh she was governor wasn't she in michigan at one point anyway again i don't know i don't know what's happened to logic i i don't <laughs> I don't know how we've become a place where if you just lie enough, you can make it true, right? If you right. just can deny, 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 deny. It is like dirty, shady lawyers have like infiltrated our mm -hmm. government and our media and they just they just lie they bold face lie or live in denial and gaslight everybody to keep you from recognizing they are destroying destroying our country right now well you and remember when they interviewed biden he said uh gas prices are going up he's like yep he's like well, what are you gonna do about it? he's like not much we can do it's putin's fault and walked away just walked away so when in doubt walk it out <laughs> walk it out <laughs> Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. So yeah, I mean that's that's where he is on this whole thing. That's where he's at. Can't understand you. I can't. I can't understand. Oh my it. gosh, Holly, if you're talking about that, you should play that video that we have, like from the um, communism communism thing. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we need to preface this. So yeah. basically, <laughs> you know, Holly's saying how if you just repeat a lie enough. Well, that's pretty much like propaganda, right? And, and the masses tend to believe. Well, this is straight out of a playbook from a, like a com the communist, like, mm. I don't know if it was like the communist- Manifesto or something. Manifesto or, or like something. Yeah. instructional handbook from the forties. See if this doesn't sound super familiar to the way um, we operate today. This is this is what is going on. Okay, y'all, I'm sorry. And again, y'all, we have- It's the Charlie Kirk that I sent you. Okay, okay, but which, but just, okay, hold on. Sorry, y'all, there's so many. Is it the one uh, after Josh? The one before Albert Borla. Okay, okay, okay. See, y'all, we, we have so much stuff that we- That very last one. All yeah. right, here we go, here we go. I think this is it. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist intolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. 
So isn't that interesting how you can manipulate truth to make it become fact in the public mind and you silence people by accusing them of the worst things they could be. Things like racists, bigots, fascists, fascists, not Nazis. Nazis. Yes. You're like, I mean, this is, this is, yo, this is, this is a whole game plan that's been executed. Character. It's right, it's character. right out of the playbook. And this yeah. playbook is decades old. I mean, I remember like before I was even following politics, people would be like, Donald Trump is a fascist. He's a fascist. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And I'm like, what does that even mean? But and like, they said he was a dictator and, yeah. and he was a tyrant. And, they, and like, they're all Nazis okay. and all this. I'm like, ah, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I get it now. You know, Donald Trump did one thing that was worse than a mean tweet, and that was expose so much of what was happening because he was not a refined speaker. In other words, he did not, he didn't wait for someone to tell him what he could and couldn't say, so he would just talk. He wasn't reading from index cards in a script. No, no. And do y'all notice, um, I mean, (laughs) I mean, all the, so many things he said, we now know were true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when he was like, they're gonna, well, I hate it. But he's like, they're gonna, they're gonna try to steal the election with with in-person, I mean with uh mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. Now 2000 mules, like we don't know. We don't know, but we certainly have video. Well, I don't know. 2000 mules I think, says I don't think how you can not know if you right. watch 2000 mules. Right. I, mean, I think the, the point well. with 2000 mules though is to say we can see their ballot harvesting, we know where they've come from, where they've gone, but we don't know what was on those actual ballots. We can certainly assume what was on them based on where they were coming from, but they'll never be able to prove that part. Was there illegal activity going on among at 100%? Like, I don't know how you could deny that. He called it, then he said, then they said it was Russian collusion. And he was like, it's not me colluding with Russia. It's, and then what, the Durham report. Have we haven't even talked enough the laptop, about the Biden laptop and then the Durham report. Oh, he yeah. Said, they said that the lap, when he was saying that Biden's son has a laptop, they were like, that's Russian disinformation. Well, now what we know, well, what has been under oath testimony in a court of law, thanks to the Durham report, is that the directive to accuse Donald Trump of colluding with Russia came from Hillary Clinton herself. Remember when Hillary Clinton said we should be grateful that that Donald Trump is not running our, you know, running our legal system. And he said, yeah, because you'd be in prison. In jail. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And then if y'all want to listen to all about Hunter Biden's stuff, that is very interesting. And it's a fascinating, I mean, it really is an interesting story with Hunter and, you know, and, and Biden. Um, we've Amy and I listened to some of it on audio. That's um, the laptop, the laptop from hell. From hell. Yep. Recommend y'all listen to that or reading that and also watching 2000 mules. We'll yep. throw that out there. Yeah, I do. Not. Let's see. Again, and for, make up your own mind, form your own decision, you know, but we certainly know where there is some shady stuff that's gone on mm-hmm. and the full scope of it. We, we really don't know. We just know there's some shady stuff. Um, okay. So we should also mention, though, just as we're throwing it back to uh, previous administrations, did you guys see George Bush that they that they were sending ISIS ISIS people across the border in Texas under the Biden administration's you know policy open yeah open borders to go and assassinate George Bush and they like busted the plot. Well, I mean that's only that's probably just one plot. I mean, can you imagine? 
we don't even know how many terrorists are in this country at this no, point. No, y'all. And, and know, no, we have no oh clue. I mean, like all those getaways. How many did Christy um, Hutcherson say? Was it like 16,000? Yeah. yeah. I can't like even that? remember. There are We've so got many a video people on there. Oh my God. who are unaccounted for. Horrible. And if you think that that's the one and only terrorist cell and that they were busted in their plot, then yeah. you're, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah. This is... There are so many plots out there, I'm sure. And somehow the FBI is more concerned with um, school board meetings yep. than this. Than that. Yep. Yep. Mm. So here we are. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Well, of all the things that could be coming across the border, I don't know, monkey pox, apparently. <laughs> is monkey hey, pox. I, haven't, I haven't taken down my Ukraine decorations yet. <laughs> and I still have my COVID tree up. Hey! I can't, I don't understand, Amy. I mean, you got to catch up. It's not COVID anymore. It's monkeypox. By know, the way, well, apparently monkeypox looks a lot like shingles um, mm -hmm. because in the shingles photos from the press, it is the identical photo when they're promoting monkeypox is coming to get you. Now, this is what's so interesting to me. Europe instantly started reporting that monkeypox primarily as a sexually transmitted disease or that it had erupted in communities of homosexuals. And guess what they were told? Don't say that, that's homophobic. I'm sorry, reporting the facts is now homophobic. Yeah, someone actually from the WHO was talking about it. I mean, and now we're not allowed to talk about it. Come we have on. to be able to know these things. Don't you want to know? what How activities are or what things that you are doing or not doing is going to spread a disease, like how it's going to be transmitted. And don't you want to know how to contain it? This is actually a hell of a lot easier and better because basically don't have promiscuous sex. Don't, especially if somebody has open pustules. I mean, that's already common sense anyway. Okay. No matter what open pustules are anywhere, if there's an orifice, your or your little and nothing else needs to touch that. Okay. And then to contain it, I, I still am I'm still am blown away. If they're really, really, really concerned, close the freaking border, close the freaking border and stop travel from coming here. But I'm also not that concerned about the monkeypox coming here. I'm just saying that if we have a freaking pandemic. Why are we not just stopping people from coming over? And have we not, y'all, y'all will just remind you that we did mention this several um, episodes ago, right. several months ago, right? that the smallpox, some kind of, you know, monkeypox, smallpox was mm -hmm. going to be the next thing that there was like a simulation, just like with COVID, yep. um, they did the simulation event 20, it's, it's not event 201, it was something else, right? Because right? Because in event 201, event 201 was, COVID. was COVID. Yeah, no, event 201 was COVID where they did a whole simulation in October 2019 of how the, the world would respond if we had a coronavirus outbreak. And then lo and behold, we have a coronavirus outbreak. Well, they also did just the same exact thing, a whole simulation on how the world would respond if we had a monkeypox outbreak. And then lo and behold, we have a monkeypox outbreak. Is that not weird to y'all? Just a little bit. Just a little strange. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than that's weird. Yeah. And Europe is saying it's, you know, how you can contract it. It's not an unknown disease. It's been around 20 to 30 years. Yes. Originated with monkeys. We won't even have conversation about how it hopped on over to humans, 
but the risk for the general public therefore appears to be low. And this is from CNN, because we know that the main modes of transmission have been described, been as described in the past. And so this was, again, um, you know, uh, they were talking to the WHO, it was Rosamund Lewis, who's head of the smallpox secretariat, and she's with the WHO. Um, so, but, but it doesn't matter that she's saying, well, you know, we know what this is. Uh, it does not mean that they're not trying to make a vaccine for it because- We have like 13 million doses or something. They already got that. Oh, it's ready. It's ready to go into your arms. Mm. Hey, did y'all know that um, on, okay. co on Coffee and COVID this morning, I read this, that um, in trending politics, they ran a story that the Wuhan, our favorite lab in Wuhan, China, um, was found to have conducted novel monkeypox research one year before the outbreak. Go figure. Um, there was a study published um, in the official journal of the Chinese Society of Microbiology explaining the process for artificially enhancing a monkeypox virus. And the kicker is that the study's authors include, you guessed it, scientists from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And he says, which continues happily tinkering with dangerous viruses to this day. Mm. I think so, too bad we can't look into this Wuhan lab. I mean, we're just you know, we don't want to look into it. It has nothing to do with it, I'm sure. And yeah. haven't we seen it? I don't want to be wrong on this. So I'd have to look this up, but because people have been, you know, we were like flooded with information daily. But I'm pretty sure when they were working on the smallpox vaccine, that's pretty much when AIDS started, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is that right? That so was eradicated I'm, worldwide in 1980, smallpox was. But they're also saying that like it could have something to do with the vaccine, right? Is that what they were saying? Is that what they're alluding to? I don't know. I, I like, don't like know. immune deficiency. Yeah. You know? I would have to go back and look. Yeah, I need to go back I, and I'm look. I'm going to look that up before we say that. I thought that he even said that in there on the, oh yeah, right there. Well, he says, so Coffee and COVID kind of looked into a little bit of this stuff, but um, there was a new study uh, just published in Applied Mathematics and Computation saying modeling HIV, AIDS, and monkeypox co-infection and the researchers studied whether there was any, if there was any link between HIV and monkeypox infections, and they found infection by HIV greatly enhances monkeypox infection, as in the absence of HIV, most people will naturally recover, as noted, but that it is not the case for the duly infected. And this kind of goes over my head, but just to sum it all up, a 2015 study um, published saying that um, they did a study with the monkeypox as um, virus and it said is not pathogenic in most strains of inbred mice unless there's this IFN signaling is decreased. Well, in August 2021, in a different preprint study, they showed that the mRNA vaccines decreased that IFN. Oh, isn't that interesting? So that's just another weird coincidence. So the IFN that is decreased that makes the monkey pox more pathogenic, that or is, the mRNA, or mRNA, mRNA vaccines. vaccines decrease that, whatever that IFN is. I feel like we need Pee Wee Herman, like connect uh, the dots. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like correlation, causation, yada, yada, but come on. I mean, it's, it just makes you, it's just something to think. It's a theory just to be aware of. I went in the seed. You yeah. got it. Because once they start reporting it, we can come back and say, we told you. But y'all, please don't be scared of monkeypox. <laughs> don't be scared. Don't fall for this again and let them think that you have to no. quarantine, wear a mask, all these things. Like, no, no. we just, we, we're not going there. We can't. No. We're not doing it.
can't. Yeah. We knew because we all knew this was going to happen. We knew this was coming. We knew right. this was not going to be the end. And this might, there might, this might, might not even be the end of COVID. You know, there's, they might ramp that back up. And I'm just saying, be prepared. Right. This is not going, these kind of things are not going anywhere. Yeah. And can, do we have the clip that we, that you sent this morning, Kristen, um, that was talking about the Pfizer docs and uh, how they knew, like they did know what they, they, they were doing to children, but they did not come out with it right away. Yeah. I, um, here, I I bet I it. so let me just remind everybody of something, okay? While you're lined up for a vaccine for COVID, um, if you've opted for the Pfizer vaccine, I want everyone to remember that the Justice Department announced the largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history when it forced Pfizer to pay $2.3 billion for lying, okay? For fraud, for fraud. This is what this company has done in the past. Now think about it. You have to pay out 2.3 billion and it doesn't bankrupt and end your company. Think about how much money Pfizer has. Right, right. Okay? Well, they're not immune to lawsuits because um, oh. the Epic Times ran a story. This is a, um, that Pfizer moves to dismiss a lawsuit from the vaccine trial, citing prototype agreements. So there was a whistleblower basically named Brooke Jackson who sued Pfizer last year, alleging that um, the vaccine maker violated federal laws because they didn't follow all of the clinical trial regulations that, you know, when, when they come out with a new drug, it's a very strict process, you know, to, to get it to market. Like you have to follow all these rules. But Pfizer uh, filed a motion to dismiss her lawsuit arguing that those laws don't apply to the vaccine contract with the Department of Defense because its agreement was executed under a special provision for prototype drugs, okay? Mm. Um, which allows contractors to skirt many of the rules and laws that typically apply to normal drug contracts. So basically, there you have it. It wasn't um, a rushed experiment, right? It was, it was a literally, they're calling it a prototype. Okay? Now it's a prototype. So it says, Semantics. he says, Semantics. yeah, he's like, I'm old enough to remember when calling the jabs experimental uh, could get you thrown in Facebook jail. And now Pfizer is shirking liability for its shoddy trials by calling its own drug a prototype. Um, the bottom line is a prototype isn't something you give to consumers. It's a mock-up. It's a test. Okay. So basically they, instead of calling it an experiment, we're all, we were all a part of the biggest human experiment. Oh no, no, no. It wasn't an experiment, but it's it was a, pro it was a prototype. And like, then mandated it and mandated a mandated prototype. It, a prototype. Um, and I'll, here's part of this clip. Okay. So this oh, is. I can play it. Do you want me to play it, Chris? And I pulled it up. The one that okay. you sent us today. Yes. It's about three minutes. Like, okay. So this is just to cue it up too. This is Dr. Naomi Wolf. She has a website, dailyclout.io, dailyclout.io. She has, and she says it in this, that she has a team of th over 3,000 volunteers, doctors, nurses, scientists, all these people that are combing through the thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of Pfizer's documents that they wanted to withhold for 75 years, 55 and then 75. So this is a lot of the stuff that they have found and y'all need to hear this. Yes. Just to note, I'm not a medical doctor, um, but I have 3000 medical doctors, RNs, uh, lab clinicians, biostatisticians, and other highly credentialed people who volunteered um, from both the War Room, Posse, and Daily Cloud to read the Pfizer documents and 
create reports about what's in them. So, uh, you know, the headlines, um, <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. It's such a crime against humanity. Uh, Pfizer knew by, within a month of rollout in 2020 that, I'm sorry, in 2021, December of 2020, that the vaccines did not work, that they lacked efficacy. They knew in May of 2021 that um, 35 minors had had heart damage within a week of having been injected with the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, but they went ahead and got the EUA authorization from the FDA anyway a month later, and the government didn't tell us till August of 2021 that kids were getting heart damage, young adults were getting heart damage. Uh, Pfizer had to hire 2,400 full-time staffers just to deal with the paperwork generated by the adverse events, meaning terrible outcomes um, that they were seeing in the reports, over 42,000 adverse outcomes, over 1,200 people died. Four of them died on the day that they received the Pfizer vaccine. Um, the, the latest reports from, from our teams show that contrary to assertions by the manufacturers and by the FDA, uh, the mRNA does have an effect on your DNA. They claimed that it didn't. Contrary to the claims of the spokesmodels and the CDC and the FDA, um, the vaccine doesn't stain your arm. It migrates within 48 hours into your bloodstream, ending up in your liver, adrenals, your spleen, and if you're a woman, in your ovaries, um, which could explain a great deal. And again, some of the most disturbing reports are the most recent ones in which they are finding horrific harms against babies and fetuses and also um, problems with lactation. Uh, they're, they're finding that polyethylene glycol, which is a petroleum derivative, is appearing in the breast milk of vaccinated women in trace amounts, quote unquote, according to the literature. But what is a trace amount for a tiny newborn baby? And, and also there's a question about whether the spike protein and the mRNA are also in breast milk. Um, some of the signals that Pfizer documents show is discoloration of breast milk and also of fetal death. Um, and a lot of reports across the country are of newborns and babies having gastrointestinal distress, failure to thrive, meaning they're not getting weight from uh, the breastfeeding from mothers who have been vaccinated. So among the demonic things happening to the human race right now, um, I, I think that the fact that there's been a yeah, sorry, I cut it off. There's more, but like, and she even goes on, there's a, a little bit more, but y'all, y'all go to her website. They've got several, you know, articles. I think she's got at least like 15 articles that they're coming through and, and printing stuff about, but one of them was an article about adverse events rise in babies breastfed by vaccinated mothers. And one of the things that is, has blown my mind this whole time is when the first sentence is on here, it says in pregnancy and breastfeeding, any substance is guilty until proven innocent. The COVID-19 vaccines are declared safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding by authorities in their field, such as the ABM, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. I mean, and the, it, I always get it wrong, the journal, I mean, the, uh, the OBGYN, that group. I don't know why. They're saying always, it's safe, but Pfizer's own documents say that it's not. That it's not. <laughs> like where, I mean, shame, I'm, I, shame, on the obstetricians shame. and shame on y'all for going with this and putting all these women and babies at risk, not knowing 
not knowing a damn thing. You about were it. just so sure, weren't you? It I'm, makes me angry. I, it makes me, it makes me live it. I mean, literally it fires me up because babies are dying. Babies are getting sick and you know, they're not even studying it. I think there was like two studies they pointed out in this article and it, and they're, they're crappy. Yeah. Well, we, we all know a doctor first, you know, we three both know a doctor who's a um, pediatric doctor in a hospital who was pregnant and was shooting herself up with this early on and advocating it on social media with the hashtag influencer. That's I mean, wrong. That's know, so I, wrong. You know, an OBGYN too in our town that just all over social media telling every pregnant, everybody to get vaccinated, not just pregnant, but especially pregnant. Just do it, do it, do it. Yeah. And I just, I don't know that of course everybody can still make their own decisions, but sure. you sure. just can't deny when people die the same day of mm-hmm. getting a vaccine. Okay. Just like when I looked, looked at the VAERS and there was, it was either a 16 or 17 year old that died the same day yep. of the second shot of the Pfizer vaccine. That's right. Why would you not just pause and just check it out? Why? Why, why, no, but what they do is they just slap a label, a warning label. Hey, this may cause myocarditis, but it's probably going to be mild. Yep. It's okay to damage our heart tissue knowingly, mm-hmm. you know, taking mm-hmm. that risk over the minimal risk of kids. I mean, I told y'all, like, what was it that when I looked up the American Academy of Pediatrics, there's like a 1.00 chance to 0.02% chance of kids who have uh, COVID ending up dying, right? I think that's the right quote. Yes. I, I did a reel, which, which reminds me, I did a reel about all the Pfizer safety report with yep. the kids. They literally tested, it was a study, uh, it had, they tested 400, there, there were 400 participants. They only tested the antibodies of 67. Yep. And that is what they based their emergency use authorization on for the booster. And they only checked them for one month. So of course, and you know what they said, their booster, their, their levels were higher than previous to it because they gave the shot seven to nine months after their primary series, after completing the primary series, they checked their antibody levels after one month. Of course, it's called a booster for that reason. It boosts it temporarily. Yeah. It's the false inflation. You know, it's just there and, and then it drops. And zero, zero, zero parents information on long-term effects zero and and if you aren't mad at the cdc and the fda and the pharmaceutical companies for doing this at this point if you know this and you're not angry i don't do you have a pulse because this is wrong it is so wrong and please understand this has always been more about money than public health and it is about invading your personal space and your private information to have information on you for the quote, safety of the public. And, and, and we know this because the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Burla, talks about how, well, just listen, we'll, we'll let you know. It's fascinating what's happening in this field right now. I mean, FDA approved the first uh, electronic pill, if I can call it like that. So it is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. 
So imagine the applications of that, compliance, compliance. Mm. Uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in... in uh... I mean, okay. Oh, and then do the other. Oh. The other video from uh, Charlie Kirk, where he's talking, it's the, a guy from the World Economic Forum. He said that was Albert Brella, the CEO of Pfizer. And that was years, that was a couple of years ago, I think, that you just played. Okay. Yeah, about how, how they can know what you, if whether you've complied. This is tracking your compliance. Listen to this. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under the skin. We must- I mean, Yeah. I'm sorry. We must I, monitor what's happening under their skin. Um, none of your damn business. <laughs> no, I mean, oh we need God. a bleep, I need a bleep, we need a bleep thing. So hey, right, real quick. Like, no. Yeah. no. We have a bleeper. We have a no, 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 no. That's our sound effects. So y'all, I did find the actual stats when I was trying to tell y'all with the kids. I just wanted to go back to that to tell y'all. This is from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, speaking of this like crazy crap they're putting in us. Um, the cumulative mortality, okay, this is talking about children, um, and this was reported from 50, 46 states, okay, among the states reporting, children were 0.00% to 0.28% of all COVID-19 deaths, and three states reported zero child deaths, this is cumulative, okay, in states reporting 0.00% to 0.02% of all child COVID-19 cases resulted in deaths. So only those that reporting only the max was 0.02% of all child COVID-19 cases resulted in death. How is that an emergency? How is that an emergency? And I do want to point out that I did a reel just pointing out these stats and facts with the links and it is not showing up on my Instagram feed. You cannot see it. This is what they do. This is what they do. They didn't send me a message this time. They didn't say they removed it. It's just not visible at all. It's so, it's so bonkers. But you guys, again, go fact check us, please. If you find something we've said and you can prove that it is wrong, send it to us. We'll please. retract it on the air. We, we have no egos about that, okay? But please pay attention, please. And, and uh, you know what? Most of you listening to us by now, our loyal followers, we know you're, you're on the same track as we are, but go invite other people into the conversation. Yes, please. please, don't please. be scared, right? We need as many people as possible to know the truth and have the courage to fight back against all of this mess. I mean, from the border to, the, to viruses, to pharma, to government, to gun control, to gas prices, to inflation. You know who else is fighting back too is uh, Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh, oh and, and before we even talk about that real quick, also, if y'all know anybody that is that are like on the front lines or experts in their field or could really like, you know, give us some great information to share yeah. with everybody, please send them our way because we love having guests on and we've reached out to quite a few amazing people, but send them our way. Or if y'all have something to say, let us know. Okay, go ahead. Talk about Bill Maher. It's, a yeah. it's awesome. Well, 
Bill Maher made headlines again this week when he said some things that perhaps the left finds controversial. The rest of us find it common sense. Um, but the you know Bill Maher was the, was for a long time the left's poster child in late night comedy HBO the show like he was he was one of their guys and they've turned on him pretty good as he's yeah. questioned. He's questioned, and that's really how this starts out. Why can't we question? And if you don't feel you can question, then your First Amendment rights are under attack for sure. Listen to Bill. And finally, new rule of something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate. We have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. You can get the next one. <laughs> I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? GPT <laughs> folks that we now live in an age where they can live their authentic lives openly. And we should always be mindful of respecting and protecting. But someone needs to say it. Not everything's about you. <laughs> And it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. The answer can't always be that anyone from a marginalized community is automatically right, trump card, mic drop, end of discussion. Because we're literally experimenting on children. Uh, go to our Rumble links to hear his entire commentary. Yes, it's nine minutes and it's so, it's funny. Like I laughed several times. He, he, put, he gets to throw in some humor in there, but it's just also true as well. Yes. It's so true. And again, can we ask why? If you guys looked at the charts that he shows, the number of children who are confused about their gender or sexuality at this point is, is, is sickening, if you ask me, because it's something, something dramatic has happened and in our culture that's, that's creating this to some degree. We're not saying that there wouldn't be people who had confusion over their gender if there wasn't something happening, but now it is it is like a rite of passage in the same way that you graduate from grade school, you now have to decide what your gender is going to be. That's scientifically defined for you, whether you like it or not, or whether you feel that it's true or not, doesn't really matter. It is defined for you. Now, how you want to dress, act, behave, totally up to you. You're living in a country where you're free to behave pretty much as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You were free right. to do that. And I the think one of the arguments is, is that they say that people are now more free to express themselves. It's more widely accepted and it's more of a social norm. So therefore people feel more comfortable letting them know that they're trans. However, if you look at, like he says in this rumble, you can go watch how come nobody is trans in Ohio, but and many, many kids are trans in California. Like if, how come it's, if it's, if it's nature, then how come it's regional? Yeah, that, that, that means it's not. Because I will give you a prime example. My kids graduated from a Christian school. 
Once my son graduated, he did have two classmates that came out as gay. That was not surprising. We knew that before they graduated. That was not surprising. Um, however, I don't know of any that have graduated that have trans or transgender. And if you go to the neighboring school up the street that is at just an academy, not a Christian school. And I'm going to clarify my statement on this in just a second. So stay with me. It's a massive problem. The texts and messages that my friend has read between students discussing this, it's alarming. Mm. It's alarming, you guys. Same city, miles apart. But I would argue two different world viewpoints. Two different. And probably two different styles of parenting. You right. look at the Christian school, and again, we're not, I'm not talking about religion here as much as I'm talking about a worldview, okay? A worldview that is um, created by someone, and my, those certain things were determined about me before I came into, you know, before I came out of the womb. And then the worldview that, oh, that's, that's not for the doctor to decide. I get to choose that. I mean, it's, it's a completely different worldview. And I would argue, and you can argue against me, but when we decided to kick God out of our society, we became a godless culture. And a godless culture is chaotic. It's, cha it's chaos. It's violence. It's all these things we're witnessing. And I'm not saying the answer is religion. I'm not a big fan of religion, believe it or not. As I identify as a Christian, I have a lot of concerns with religion too. But I do believe in the understanding. And I mean, there are people from all kinds of religions who agree. There are atheists, I can point to several right now, who have come out in recent years and said, we've gone too far. Removing God from society hasn't been good for society. Well, it's and just a moral compass. It's just, it's it. That's it. It's just it's having a moral right compass. Yeah. <laughs> it's right and wrong in order, right? Order is do not kill, do not lie, do not steal, do not murder. You know, these are the, these, these natural laws that we um, you know, sort of out of embrace as a society, we're now questioning all of it. And that's where this gets really sick and twisted. And um, anyway, I, can I, guys, is there anything else you want to add before I pay, play this one last clip? I know we have. I, I do. Well, before yeah. we do that, just remember, I don't even know what the last date to do it, but if you have not signed that link for the WHO, oh, or yeah. like we have, we have, um, you know, this whole bill to try and get us not to really get, relinquish our sovereignty. <laughs> so please know what's going on um, in Davos, right? This, this Geneva, is probably like it's, the, it's most, the important most important story thing like, ever. The most yeah. important. I think I, and there is a clip that I sent you, Holly, um, of Naomi Wolf on the podcast talking about um, the what what needs to happen, the last gasp for us to get ourselves out of this situation if they hand our oh. sovereignty over to the who. Do we play that real quick too, Amy? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's we'll so important here. The last one is impeachment. I mean, these are traitors. You know, they are just traitors and they're traitors to our country. Um, treason is a very serious crime. It's a capital offense in our system. And I guess I'm, I cannot believe I'm doing this, but I'm calling on my fellow Americans who are Democrats in the Senate and in Congress to join with Republicans and impeach this chief executive you know and, and his vice president because and, and by the way impeachment goes all the way down the line you know our, our system set up 
the ability to impeach people like um, Rochelle Walensky and uh, Dr. Fauci, if I remember the impeachment um, regulations correctly. Uh, any any official who does not represent the American people properly is supposed to be impeached. We, you know, we've been asked to forget that, but that's that's what impeachment is for. And we need to we need to get those people out of power immediately because they're handing over our sovereignty. This is the the most this is the most catastrophic day in American history since its founding. Wow. I mean, there you go. I mean, it, it, this is a Democrat, former Democrat at least. I mean, he worked for the Clintons. Like this, this is not a right wing, right wing activist. It's just she's. Someone not actually commented. Yeah, someone actually commented this. I mean, I don't know who this person is, you know, but yeah. they said the Constitution says that the president cannot enter into any treaty that has not been rarefied by Congress. It may be ratified. Ratified. That's why I said, wait a minute, it's got to be yeah, ratified. ratified. It also says Congress cannot make any treaty that supersedes the Constitution. If they do it, is it if they do, it is treason. The WHO has no power in the US. So, so basically, they will be committing like treason if they sign if they sign us over to the who. Okay, this is going on the twenty second through the twenty eighth. Okay, and what today's the twenty fifth. So this will be released, but a podcast will be released the twenty seventh. So we definitely need to still we'll put this out even before we'll put the links out again. We need to yes. be making noise about this, and yes. we need to make sure that people know that this is a crime and and it is an impeachable, you know, offense if they do this without going through the proper channels, you yeah. know? And well, we did email from our, con our um, congressmen, our legislators right away. So it goes to them. So, and as someone explained to me, even if we went into this, you know, and, and it, it's under a different administration that did not comply, like we could invite basically uh, lawsuits against the United States or, or worse, mercenaries on our shores, you know, for not complying, which is yeah. insanity, insanity. And again, it goes back to them wanting a one world order. I mean, when I say them, I don't even know who them are, but this is where it looks like things are moving towards this one world order. And if you've ever read the book of Revelations or the book of Daniel in the Bible, uh, whether you're a Jewish, Daniel, Christians, Revelations too, both, I'm going to tell you something. It's all written in there. That's what's also a little frightening. And of course, they're going to come together under the guise of peace, 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 peace and love, everybody peace. And then it's going to, and all hope's going to break loose. So I am not a biblical scholar. I know enough to know that and to say, pay attention, just freaking pay attention, please. All right. We forgot at the beginning when we were talking about the also sensitive subject of gun control and the things that are happening right now uh, within our society. There were several years ago that a certain man came to our attention in the state of North Carolina. He was in Greensboro, my husband's hometown. And there he talked about something that really, really hit home with us here culturally in the South, especially. In the South, probably no surprise to you, we're, we're gun owners in the South. And um, not everybody, but, but a lot of us are, and for good things, like protecting our families or hunting for food. He testified before a local, I think, um, uh, county commissioners, or maybe it was city council, because of what was going on in the state of Greensboro. Girls, can y'all help me for some reason? I all of a sudden don't have that. Um, Amy, I know you sent it to me. Oh, I think here it is. I think here it is. Yeah. So I want you guys to hear what this is now our lieutenant governor. This video went viral, and as a result, 
of it going viral. He's now our Lieutenant Governor and he's talking about running for governor. I'm here for it. Take a listen. Mm. Hold on y'all, I, I gotta get him to unmute. I don't know why it's doing this. Oh. All right, here we go, here we go. I'm the majority. All right, let me, let me, I'm I'm gonna, I don't even want you to, hold on. All right, here we go. Dude, it keeps muting it. All right. I'll start standing up for the majority. And here's who the majority is. I'm the majority. I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody, never committed a serious crime, never committed a felony. I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. That man, Mark Robinson, is now the lieutenant governor of the state of North Carolina. That mm -hmm. So just that's it was a, it's a good point that he makes is that if you restrict gun rights, you restrict them from the law abiding citizens and, and the we, law -abiding and we are the majority. That is the majority. It is yeah. a very small minority of people that do these horrific things. You know, we have to figure out. A I think solution. we need tougher crime laws and we need better mental health. Mental I mean, health. And if the FBI or a governmental agency, a police force is aware is aware that someone is a threat to society. More yeah, than yeah. be done about that. This it's crazy that they know these people are going to do this and they they can't do anything. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. it's it's complicated. We know that. We're here for the conversation. Thanks y'all for tuning in with us today. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.